Do you wonder about past lives? Have you ever thought about where your soul has been? Where it's going? Or what lessons and memories have been gathered along the way? In this podcast, we will discuss past life memories, psychic phenomena, energy healing, and other metaphysical topics with experts and the average person to find out how we can heal through these experiences. So I invite you to join me on my journey. Welcome to the Regression Session. Upgrade, you want to give us money? And I'm like, no, I've been using you for like years. Welcome back to the regression session. My name is Ian, and welcome to the regression session. To any new people tuning in, we love you. I am so wired right now. I'm on like my fourth latte of the night. Yeah, I'm going crazy. Anyway, this week we're going to be hearing from Suzanne. Suzanne and I talk about what it's like being early on in your spiritual journey. And I finally found a word that I think I like better than spiritual awakening. I think I'm going to start calling it spiritual activation. I don't know why, but that just like sounds better to me. So you guys can all join me in the spiritual activation life. Or you can stay back with that awakening stuff or whatever. But we talk about what it's like being in that stage, just coming from being in a very practical mindset. She's actually a professor that teaches at a university. So she has a different perspective than a lot of people. Very practical, very straightforward. And then coming into this life of being spiritually activated. (laughs) I'm sorry, I'm still trying to get used to that, but I like it a lot better. It's, it's just very interesting. It's an interesting place to be. And I think that people who are in this state might be able to um, learn from it and, and take some advice and understand that there's a lot more people out there that may be in this spot than we might think. So I really hope that you guys enjoy this episode. I sure enjoy talking to Suzanne. Definitely don't forget to subscribe to the podcast in your podcast player so you don't miss any of my weekly uploads. I upload every Sunday at 8 o'clock a.m. Mountain Standard Time, and I would love to see you there. Don't forget to share the podcast around with everybody in the entire world so that anybody who's going along this journey of spiritual activation can get a resource to help them out. That's really what this show is all about. It's about creating a resource for people to work their way through this because I'm creating what I wish I had when I was going through this. So if you know someone who's kind of going through this um, or someone who is maybe confused about their spirituality, go ahead and send them a link to the show. They might actually find something that they can use because this show is all about healing. And now, without further ado, now that I've begged you all to please, please help me with my show. Let's go into my conversation with Suzanne. <laughs> hey, Suzanne, thanks for coming on to the show. Thanks, Ian, for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I've been super excited to talk to you, too. Um, but before we get into that, like I was saying before, if you could just give me just a little bit of context as to who you are, why we're talking, your background beliefs, Etc. Etc. Awesome. Uh, yeah, I'm excited to share with you. So, uh, where to begin? Well, it's probably best to begin where I am right now. How about that? And then we'll right. work our way through. <laughs> so, um, currently, I um, am a fledgling, as as some may say, um, spiritual. Or I, I actually call myself a transpersonal. Uh, hypnotherapist. And um, 
I, I studied, um, with the Raleigh School of Hypnosis, which is now called the Soul Connection Hypnosis. And I can tell you a little bit more about that. Uh, I say fledgling because I've really only been practicing for since April. Um, but man, did I step into my passion <laughs> and I stepped into my energy and I stepped into just the force um, that has blown my mind. So how did I get here? <laughs> um, uh, I'm 50 years old and um, it's taken me a long time to figure out um, exactly what it is I'm supposed to be doing. Now, that might seem strange because I've been working in academia um, and higher education for the last 23 years. Um, I worked uh, initially at Clemson University. Uh, I was there just for a year because I met uh, the person I would marry. Uh, I was at Penn State University uh, for 10 years. Um, and I have now been at North Carolina State University um, for 13 years. Uh, teaching and connecting with humans is my passion. And my background is actually in outdoor recreation. And so um, with, uh, you know, my degree in outdoor recreation, working with students in the outdoors, I've always had a huge passion and focus for um, connecting with people in really beautiful places and in places that really brings out uh, the authentic self. Um, and I find in the outdoors, um, the masks that we wear uh, every day um, tend to come down. And, you know, being in beautiful places, I have the opportunity to really have deep connections. Okay, so my degree was in outdoor recreation. And, uh, and I've been teaching in academia for all these years. And my passion is connection. Um, and I knew I sort of hit my stride. I feel it when I'm in the classroom, but I still just have felt like there was a little bit of disconnect, um, not feeling like I had stepped into my flow. And so um, after 23 years, I have decided to explore um, hypnotherapy. And that really has combined well with my ability to talk with people, connect with people, to teach in the classroom, and now to really allow people the opportunity to heal and explore. Um, and so, yeah, that has come together really well. Now, I told you I, I, that I'm telling this story backwards, um, and it's coming out to be a little bit more discombobulated, but there is a rhyme and reason here. Um, and that's because when I was in college, uh, I studied at the College of Charleston in uh, Charleston, South Carolina. I studied psychology. Hmm. So you can see that my journey, <laughs> little by little, has been leading me uh, to a place of connection. And I just wasn't, you know, um, I've been exploring it slowly uh, throughout my whole life. Going back even younger, I um, was raised Episcopalian, can remember sitting in church from as young as I can remember thinking, this doesn't make any sense. Uh, I, I've been raised in the church. I've been listening to this my whole life, but I don't think that this is what really is going on. Um, and that's my own personal belief. I, I, I guess I've always believed in a higher being, but I just didn't feel like sitting in a church on Sunday and dress up clothes felt very authentic to me. Um, and so I think I've always been searching. Um, and when I was 17, uh, as just something fun, my mom invited a psychic to come to my house for a birthday party uh, with me and my high school friends. And that turned out to really sort of change my world. Um, 
I was given a reading that really, really resonated at the time. It piqued my interest. I started looking into ESP right from the start. My dad, um, my parents were going through a divorce at that time, and he um, was also a recovering alcoholic and found a lot of comfort in um, in exploring spirituality. And so sort of together, he and I did a lot of questioning and exploring together. So now weaving this whole discombobulated story together, that psychic really opened up the possibility of something bigger. I went off to college. I studied psychology, still questioning, still trying to figure things out. I went um, following college. I worked with students in the outdoors in beautiful places. Um, Growing up in Florida uh, and then being out west in the wide open spaces near where you are right now in Utah, I found just the incredible power of nature uh, in the outdoors and human connection. And then um, teaching in academia, more human connection, and now finally hypnotherapy. And it all comes together really well because transpersonal hypnosis and hypnotherapy is the combination of body, mind, and spirit. And so it just took me a while to put this together. Um, But here I am. I've asked this question before to someone else who also comes from like a very practical background. So what's your take? Are you familiar with, um, first of all, materialism, like that whole concept of materialism? Yeah. Yeah. What's your what's your take on that? Did they teach you materialism in your psychology course? No, not that I can recall. <laughs> um, and that was a long time ago. I graduated from college in 1989. So okay, so I took a psychology class from Yale. Okay. And the first thing that they started going into was materialism, and. Hmm. It's you're, we're all familiar with it. It's basically the concept that when your when your brain dies, your 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 existence dies, right? Um, and the whole concept behind it is that because your brain can be injured and damaged, and your personality can change with your brain being damaged, that means your consciousness is local. So I'm just wondering if that ever played a part. Like, have you ever questioned yourself? along this journey of coming into being from a professor at a university teaching students in a practical way to coming into being this spiritual hypnotist or a transpersonal hypnotherapist. Did you ever question yourself? And if so, how did you deal with that? Yeah, um, that's a good question. Uh, I've certainly questioned myself. Um, I am around academics who are very critical. Uh, that's that's the the way in academia. It's um, I don't want to say skeptical, but critical. Um, you know, pretty much everything that comes out of my mouth is picked apart <laughs> in academia and analyzed by some really incredible brains. Um, it's an intimidating space, and it's a space where you need to be pretty assured. And became very apparent to me about a year ago that this is where I was being pulled and led. I sort of felt a pull from the universe and an internal push to go in this direction. And it was an undeniable force. And so the questioning came wondering how in the world am I going to share this with my colleagues and my cohorts and the people around me? So yeah, the questioning came in, um, feeling pretty apprehensive about a world that many of my colleagues would really, um, really pick apart. Um, so yes, the questioning was there, and I, I emphasize the word was. 
Um, well, and the the reason I ask is because the social pressure is real, man. Like it. Oh yeah. It's hardcore. Because if you tell someone like, "Hey, man," for me, for example. I'm like, hey, by the way, I can enter into these weird trances and channel what I call spirit guides. People look at me like I'm nuts. And so I totally get that. And I know that there's other people out there that listen to the show that probably experience that. So my question to you is, since you're kind of still in this this space of like sharing this almost I don't want to use this term, but there's it's like a good term for like like a spiritual coming out. Yeah. Um, how are you dealing with that and what, what's helped you kind of get through that point where you're, you're kind of no longer as apprehensive to share your experiences and, and where you're heading? Mm, it's a knowing it's a truth. Um, I have no interest in pushing, you know, my beliefs or my feelings on anybody. Um, and I'm therefore I'm very comfortable with where I am. Um, I'm not going to go into the classroom <laughs> and, you know, and, and talk about this and try to get students to get on board. I, you know, that's, that's not my thing. Um, for me, it just feels so true. Um, and that makes me feel really comfortable with where I am. And it took a while for me to get there, honestly. Um, I, I initially sort of felt a, a kind of shame, like I didn't want to tell anybody. I was exploring this um, because it felt, you know, the word woo-woo, right? It felt woo-woo, like, oh, those critical minds out there are really going to pick this apart. But the more I studied and the more I've practiced um, and the more I've worked with clients, the, the truth of this spirituality rings so true to me. How, how could I be ashamed of something that's so positive that brings about change in people that helps them uncover their truths, right? And helps them live their best lives. And for me, um, through my training, uh, you know, I had 12, I experienced personally 12 hypnosis sessions <laughs> and boom, you know, issues I had been in counseling for, you know, most of my life, I'm an adult child of an alcoholic. Um, and just like every other human, you know, there was dysfunctions in my family that, you know, that I was holding on to that were really impacting my life. And so I was in therapy, uh, really since I was 17 years old, when my parents, um, split up, you know, I started going through therapy and and there were those issues where you get so stuck, you know what I mean? And you're in therapy and you, you know your issues and yeah, you've danced around it from every single angle, but there was no way to get through them. Boom. I have, you know, an hour and a half hypnosis session and it's gone. Those things that had just been plaguing me. And it was because I tapped into my higher self and into this, this, this wisdom and my, into my subconscious. And it made such a difference that how could I feel shame? When the, when hypnotherapy is and hypnosis is just bringing about the best in people and helping them live their very best lives. Well, there's a big problem, I think, with therapy nowadays. It's missing a huge component of, of what humans are, and that component is spirituality, right? Like, it's very clinical, it's very, very practical, but humans inherently, I feel, are spiritual beings and and like traditional therapy and even traditional hypnotherapy without the spiritual aspect is lacking i think it it really you know it's and it's hard too because people have been kind of raised in this mold where it's like no 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 we don't talk about that you know it's kind of like what you were mm-hmm. saying with you know the academia and stuff we don't talk about that kind of stuff that's that's too out there for us there's no evidence right. to support that but really why does it matter and 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 i really think that we're doing ourselves a huge disservice by trying to cut spirituality out of all this clinical stuff because i, I actually spoke to a, a couple of weeks ago a licensed therapist and she was saying how spirituality should be included Mm. in uh in therapy so what do you what is your take what's your take on that 
Oh, absolutely. Um, absolutely. I, I have a couple of friends who are therapists and I've recently shared with them what it is that I've been doing. And, you know, I watched their eyes, you know, oh, yes, absolutely. This is what we're missing. <laughs> and, you know, and, and now finding that I'm getting referrals from them because they acknowledge that they see that, um, you know, the word spirituality, it throws people, right? Because I mean, there's all sorts of connotations with, with what spirituality is. If you use this, this idea of, of wisdom, of um, higher self, of inner knowing, it makes uh, psychotherapists a little bit more comfortable. Um, and, you know, and, and people can call it whatever it is that they like. You and I know that this is spirituality. It's tapping into the energy um, of the divine and of the connections uh, between all living things. Um, it's it's an amazing and powerful source, and it, it certainly pairs well with traditional psychotherapy. Yeah, and I tend to agree. And to me, it's like, even if it's not real, right, even if we're not connecting with the divine or God or, or source or the great central sun or whatever you want to call it. Right. It's still helping people out. Right. I, I had a buddy who came, who came to me. And I think I mentioned this to you where, where we were just talking in his living room one time and he was like, and he was like, yeah, you know, I have pretty bad anxiety or, or whatever. And, and I was like, Hey, let's just take care of that. And I remember his wife said to me, what, what do you mean? And, I was like, yeah, we could just get rid of his anxiety. It's super yeah. easy. She's like, what, you're going to get rid of his anxiety? Like, yeah. come on, buddy. And lo and behold, I did I did a quick hypnosis thing with him, and boom, anxiety's gone. And it was basically, for all for lack of a better term, like a miracle, right? It, it's miraculous, Ian. It's, it's amazing. And how can anybody deny that? You know, if it, okay, so, you know, hypnosis has this crazy connotation because of Hollywood, right? Or because yep. of stage hypnosis. Oh, I you get that. up on stage, you act. I mean, I, I get it so much. You know, I just talked to a really good friend. She's like, are you going to scramble my brain? I'm like, no, I'm going to help you unscramble yours. You know, like you're, to you know, in hypnosis, people are awake. They're, um, engaged in the process it's it's a guided meditation um you know in in um the state state of hypnosis you know you just turn off that monkey brain you turn off that thinking critical factor it allows people to tap into that inner knowing the intuition the subconscious where all of our thoughts and feelings are and in that that's where healing can occur it's in the emotion and the subconscious doesn't know uh, past it doesn't know present it just well, it does know present it knows exactly where you are while you're in a state of hypnosis so so much healing we're all carrying around so much pain we're all carrying around burdens or things that we misunderstood when we were children and and you had the opportunity to help your friend get rid of anxiety in one quick session you know like I have helped people who have exercise disorders, who have eating disorders, who are struggling with imposter syndrome, people pleaser, um, you know, money issues. Like I am afraid of spending money. All of those things can be healed in like one to three sessions. It's so it is like a superpower. It is, it is amazing, but you're allowing people you're guiding people to do that on their own. And if you think about the power of, of, of who we are as humans, that we can heal ourselves, it's mind-blowing. Hypnosis is mind-blowing. It is spiritual. It's, it's tapping into the very best of our, our, of our human potential. Um, and, you know, how can we deny that opportunity <laughs> it's it's so special anyway you just tapped into my oh it's so great <laughs> I, I, I touched the nerve the there 
<laughs> touched a nerve. But you t- you touched a passion and something I I really want the world to know about. Yeah. So what is hypnosis then? Right? Like we can talk about what how to do it. We could talk about the results it gets. But I want to hear your thoughts about what it actually is because I I've read so many books about it and people have come up with different explanations as to what it is. Right? Mm. Like, oh yeah, you know, you're you're entering the theta state or the beta state or, or whatever, right? Like, yeah. yeah, okay, we can talk about that all day. We could talk about the act like the scientific, what's happening to your brain. I don't want to talk about that. I want to talk about what what is hypnosis on the mm-hmm. deepest level? What do you think it is? Okay. So I've spent a lot of time trying to figure this out. Um, one, because I wanted to know myself. And two, because I want to be able to explain it to my clients. And this is where I've landed. So I think this whole idea of trance is really intimidating to a lot of people. What? Trance? I don't think I can go into trance is something that I hear a whole lot. Um, I also hear I'm afraid to go into trance. So I, I kind of like to just push that word aside and say, okay, so probably, you know, the majority of people have tried meditation at some point in their life. If they haven't tried meditation, I bet they've watched TV. Um, and we all know when you're watching a really good movie and a scene, you know, um, I don't know, moves you to cry <laughs> or maybe for your uh, adrenaline to go up. If you could logically stop yourself, you know, hit pause on the TV and say, wait, this is just a movie. Those are actors. This is all contrived. This isn't real. You, everything would calm down, but we don't do that. Um, and it's just like that with hypnosis. We don't stop our brains when we're, um, in a, a trance. So in trance, and again, I don't like that word, um, in a guided state, um, of meditation, you know, I, as a facilitator lead people to just a state of calm, just a state of relaxation. I do believe that people go into different levels of, of relaxation where they can, you know, be, be more calm than others. But I think if you're even able to relax a little bit, just to focus on my words and to focus on um, how I'm guiding you in hypnosis, we then go to do the work. So I mentioned this earlier. I believe it's um, hypnosis is um, quieting the, the thinking mind quieting the critical factor of our mind and going straight into the subconscious. And in the, I believe that or from what I, what I understand in the first seven years of our lives, our subconscious is very plastic. In fact, I, I believe that we live in the state of imagination for the first seven years of our lives. And we're picking up all the different feelings, experiences, we're learning how to survive in this world. So for example, if our mother, if you know, we we might be one year old and our mother screams because she sees my mother screams because she see, sees a mouse, that from very early on, the emotion of seeing my mother see that mouse has created a fear in me. <laughs> right. And I don't even know that I'm carrying that fear. And I don't know the origin of that. Um, but through hypnosis later in life, let's just say my fear of mice has become debilitating. I'm able to go back and through a regression into my mind, uh, my subconscious can allow me to know when that happened. And in hypnosis, I can now take, you know, attend to that feeling, um, you know, that mice are not that scary. They don't bite. <laughs> um, you know, they are just other living creatures. Um, there's, there's many techniques that we, we learn in hypnosis or as hypnotherapists to be able to work with people. But you would go in and you address that emotion um, while the client is completely interactive. You're talking with them. They're sharing information with you. I'm asking questions. Everything's remembered. It's a very present um, experience. And, um, and then you allow people to, 
to really feel the emotion of the healing, um, you allow them to integrate those feelings and they go out and boom, transformation occurs. There's always a shift after, after hypnosis because you do have the opportunity to go into the subconscious and, you know, address the emotion of a particular fear, phobia, trauma, negative experience. Um, and, you know, and, and see that shift. Um, does that, that's, does that make sense to you? You know, that's in my sort of basic form of, of trying to explain that in a more simple way. Yeah. So to like unbox it, basically what you're saying is we're, we're jumping into the autopilot of the human brain and, and utilizing that to like the, 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 um, the automated systems that are picking up and, and controlling the body on a subconscious level, we're accessing that and then um, tweaking it or like redirecting energy towards different things. So instead of your fear of mice being debilitating, cause you're obviously sending energy towards that on a subconscious mm -hmm. level, we take that energy and we direct it somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think, yeah, I think just going in and tending to the emotion, you know, I see it as really a softer approach than, you know, redirecting, I guess. Um, I see it as like going in and giving your, giving your emotions a break or going in and giving it a hug <laughs> or tending to it energetically in a different way, you know, that allows us to, to not have those negative feelings associated um, with the, you know, with a certain outcome. Um, so yeah, it, it's, it is the control room. Um, our emotions are, you know, they're, it's complicated, right? <laughs> How do you explain this? It's you, you go into the subconscious, into the emotions, and the way that you access that is through the imagination. And that's what hypnosis allows you to do is to tap into your imagination, to go in and, and create healing for yourself. Hey, everyone. I'm interrupting the episode to tell you all about today's sponsor, Shape. Have you ever wanted to try your hand at astral projection but just don't know where to start? Lucid dreaming can often be the first step to astral projection. Lucid dreaming is the art of awakening within your dream world. And once you become conscious in your dreams, you can do anything. You can fly, practice new skills, overcome fears, and go deep into the inner layers of the mind. With lucid dreaming, anything is possible. And best of all, anyone can learn to lucid dream. All it takes is commitment and the right technique. The Shape app makes learning to lucid dream considerably easier. You'll start by writing down your dreams in a dream journal, then you'll learn to identify dream signs, perform reality checks, and prime your mind for becoming lucid as you go to bed. Shape is packed with useful audio guides, personal statistics, dream insights, and other practical tools like the dream journal and Am I Dreaming reminders. This is the ultimate lucid dreaming coach and one of the fastest, most effective ways to awaken in the dream world, with many people having a lucid dream the very first night that they download Shape. So using the link in the description, you can save up to 20% on Shape's annual plan. So if you want to learn to lucid dream, check out the link in the description to start learning today. Now back to the episode. So the next thing I wanted to ask you about is the ethical question of past life regression. And for those of you in my audience who don't know what the ethical question of past life regression is, is there was a group of scientists when past life regression first became a thing and that continued the, to this day to kind of say that when you do a past life regression, you're not really helping anybody because all you're doing is creating delusions and false memories in their head. And that does more harm than good because because it's going to basically mess with their head and make them super confused. So what's your take on that? I think that's a really interesting question. And I think it's a valid question because 
with past life regressions, you know, the majority of people, you can't prove them. You know, there are many, many instances where people have gone back and, you know, they've identified a date um, or a name and been able to find themselves. But for most, it's not really the case. I, you know, I think it doesn't matter (laughs) if it's real or if it's made up. And I will um, pair that with a story. Um, So for my 50th birthday, I treated myself to my very first past life regression. Um, That was my birthday present. And, you know, Simon Brown has a podcast, the, um, the, past lives podcast. And I had been listening to those and just so excited, um, for my very own. And, uh, the day finally came for me to have mine and it was a long past life regression. It was, I think a three and a half hour regression. Uh, things didn't immediately come, you know, I, I had a sense that I was making things up as I was doing it, but there was a flow and I was in a relaxed state, but I wasn't in a thinking state where I was creating a whole plan for what I was going to say. Um, But, and so I, you know, along with um, the hypnotist who was leading my session, I was just answering questions. When we got to the end, I realized that there was a theme (laughs) And there is no way I could have, uh, you know, put together this this theme and, and um, string things together the way that they came together. Um, and the theme was love. Um, but it was uh, related to what my goal was for the session. So in a past life regression, generally a client comes in with a goal, maybe some issue that you're struggling with in the current life, or maybe... Um, a question you might have. And for me, I was seeking questions about love and connection in this life. And I was shown um, in my session, four or five really incredible and profound experiences with love. And not only was I, I shown it, but I felt love in the most remarkable way. Okay, so I noticed that there was some coincidences in the way that the story was strung together. I noticed that there was some um, really interesting connections that I don't think I could have made. But I still came away from that therapy session saying, did I just make all that up? Couple days, maybe weeks went by, and all of a sudden, there were just some strange awarenesses that popped up. And I, I realized wow, there was an incredible lesson in what I experienced during my session. There's incredible insight I've gained about myself. Um, And I really don't know if I made it up or if I was in trance, but did growth and change occur? Absolutely. The insight that that session provided for me uh, has been life-changing. And so can I prove whether or not it was real? I absolutely cannot. But did healing occur anyway? It absolutely did. And so does it matter if it's real or if it's made up? I think that's really, um, I think that's really the question. If healing occurs, um, then what ethics are there to be challenged? See, I love that answer. That's my exact same, basically, answer. It's like, if- yeah doesn't matter if it's really made up as long as it's helping people out and and to me like when I first did my first episode about past life regressions and I did like a a dive into kind of like the history and the and the ethics question of it I I was pretty new to the whole thing and I was just like reading what people were saying about it and to me now as someone who does it and helps people out a lot it's like those people that are saying, oh, you know, there's a huge ethical question about this. There are people who don't actually understand what's going on. 
right? There are mm-hmm. people who who don't who haven't seriously taken a look into it and actually done real research about it. They're just coming at it from a completely, you know, out of left field looking at this saying like, "Oh, you're giving people delusions." It's like, "Okay, well, so are people so are hypnotists on the stage. They're giving people delusions then if that's how what you want to do. It, like to me it signifies a fundamental misunderstanding of what hypnosis is. And that's why I asked you what you thought hypnosis actually is um earlier. Just just mm. to kind of tie it all together because I just kind of find it interesting you know, the different answers people will give. And you're earlier on in your journey. You're not super far down the rabbit hole, I don't think, uh, like as far as some people that I've talked to, um, which is interesting to me. So thank you for going yeah. for going over that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the power to heal <laughs> um, in whatever cap- capacity that might be is the power to heal. It's profound. Um, and it is something that, that's that's the the magic the word magic doesn't really resonate well with me but that's the power of hypnosis and so um i think past life regressions are just incredible (laughs) um and then to be able to explore different lifetimes or to to explore different um meanings that your subconscious takes you to um that's um, really important to to understand and to be able to make change or shift in this life. Yeah, I agree with you. So let me ask you this question. This is also kind of just like out of left field. Have you ever worked with anybody who has aphantasia? Do you know what that is? Um, no. The inability to visualize or create oh. imagery in their own head. Mm, I actually am that person, believe it or not. No way, really? Yeah. Yeah. It's certainly getting better. Um, uh, but initially, in fact, that hypnotherapist said, Hey, you know, okay, I'm starting to, um, to see that you're not a very visual person during that, um, very first hypnosis session. Uh, I, this is what I think is really cool. So you don't have to be a very visual person. Um, I think that you, that people, have either a feeling so you can sense something um you might see something um it can just be a knowing um so i was explaining it to a client who was struggling the other day imagine a snow globe right and you're shaking up a snow globe and then the snow is suddenly you know just settling down and then there might be an awareness. So what is that awareness? What's the first thought that comes into your mind? And I usually use that as a a starting point. Um, I also just feel like I want to respond that I, um, as I mentioned, am not super visual in the traditional sense where, where my um, experiences play out as a movie. Um, Often my knowing comes in symbols. Um, And this is one of my favorite stories. Um, in the past life regressions that I, that I'm trained to do, I do them a little bit different, um, in that I, um, I lead people through two regressions in the current life. So two happy childhood memories. Then I take people into the womb. Um, and the womb is actually a pretty profound place in that, um, the awareness of your purpose is still pretty clear Um, in the womb as well. It's easy to pick up some of the mother's feelings um, and you start to get an idea of of, um, how your subconscious was formed right from the very beginning. And so I was working with a client who, um, you know, was questioning um, why she was so different from the rest of her family. You know, she just felt like, always felt like an outsider. And um, I was sharing with her that I'm not super visual, but that things sometimes come, you know, come symbolically. And so while she was in the womb, she had this vision of um, a tapestry being woven. 
and all the fabrics were being woven into one direction. And then she noticed a string or a fabric going the opposite way, um, contrary to where all the others were. And she suddenly said, I get it. Um, I, I've come in to disrupt my family's patterns. Um, I haven't come in as the black sheep or come in and to be so different. My purpose is actually to disrupt their patterns, to help them make change and to help them grow. And what a profound awareness that was for her. Um, and that was through symbology. Um, it wasn't through, you know, a whole visualization of, you know, a narrative playing out. Yeah, it's very interesting. You know, everybody everybody visualizes and senses things very differently. And I don't know. For me, like, it's not about the, the symbols or anything. Um, for me, it's just like, I literally feel like I'm making it up <laughs> every single time. It's like, blah, 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 yeah. blah, blah. Yeah, that's very interesting, mm -hmm. though. Like, I, I haven't even had someone really. Oh, actually, I had one person only. I think that dealt with like a lot of symbolism mm. and it's just, it's kind of weird. Cause you, as the practitioner, you kind of have to like, like decode it almost in order mm. to understand. And it's, it's just, yeah, it's just, it's just probing and asking questions, you know? And I found when you, you say, well, what does that mean? What does that mean? And all of a sudden they blurt out like disruptor. I get it now. And it's just, Oh, wow. You know, like it, you've made you know, all their lives. They felt like they were an outsider. No, no. They actually came in with a purpose to disrupt things, to challenge things so that other people can grow. That's a totally different story. It's so cool. And, you know, the change that comes from like, so, so I'm trying to organize my thoughts here. You can, you can change, right? From, if I was to do a session with you and then I told you, this is what I think this means, you could try to internalize that. But when you're, when you're in a hypnotic state and then all of a sudden you realize like, oh, um, I don't know, I have a problem with alcohol. That's, mm. not, that's not good for me, right? I should mm. stop doing that. And you realize that and you, and because you don't have, your conscious self that's telling me, oh, you know, it's not a big deal. We can just have a few drinks today and that's fine. Um, uh. I need this to feel better, blah, blah, blah. Then all of a sudden you strip all that away and you're like, oh my God, I have a problem. If, if that comes from yourself versus an mm -hmm. outside source, it's, it's like exponentially more powerful than like your mom or your wife or, or, whoever telling you like, Hey, I think you have a problem. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So. It's, it's, it's more of a knowing, right. Um, than, than, an, um, somebody telling. And I think that's really important to emphasize that hypnother hypnotherapists or hypnotists, they're not planting ideas into a person's head. They're not saying, Oh, so you're an alcoholic. <laughs> um, instead it's, it's asking questions. Well, what does this mean? Um, and how do you interpret this and, you know, tap into your higher self, your inner wisdom, your intuition, and what's, what's being shown to you. And so it's never a matter of, uh, of a hypnotherapist putting ideas into somebody's head if they're well-trained, um, if they're well-trained, they're guiding the client to access that wisdom. And that wisdom, as you just mentioned, is what's most powerful. Once the, that knowing is there, um, then the hypnotherapist who's trained can actually help um, facilitate healing. Um, there's different ways that we can facilitate the healing by um, addressing the core needs that we all have as humans. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, what's interesting, and the reason I brought that up just for if it sounded like I came out of nowhere for anybody listening is because what, when you said, um, when you're asking people like, what does that mean? 
Like that's mm-hmm. a super powerful question. And, and I always encourage people to ask themselves that question too, even on a conscious level. And so, you know, when, uh, as a hypnotherapist or as a practitioner, um, your job, like I could tell, I could probably tell like, Oh, this dude's an alcoholic. Right. But if he doesn't realize he's an alcoholic, it's not going to do anything. And so what, I guess really what the question I want to ask in leading into this is like, you've been on a journey and you're still in the middle of this journey. Right. And there's tons of people out there that are going through this. And I think I finally found a word that I like better than awakening like a, than a okay. spiritual awakening. I like. I think I'm going to start calling it spiritual activation. <clears throat> so, I like that. So people who are in this activation stage where they're just like, all of a sudden, oh, wow, there's a lot more out there than I was thinking. What advice can you give to them to assist them in fully embracing that and moving forward with it? Um, help me understand your question a little bit better. So you're asking, uh, how, how do I help? How would I encourage people to explore their spirituality? Yeah. So, so like a piece of advice that may, that you wish that you would have known at the very beginning when you first kind Mm. of like realize like, Oh, I, I think that I want to embrace my spirituality. What's a piece of advice that you think that could help someone out there that maybe, like struggling with this may, may be like questioning themselves or, or having a hard time moving forward with embracing spirituality because it, it is kind of challenging. You know, it, it's kind of scary, especially in the Christian West. Like it, it's this side of things is kind of almost made taboo. Mm. Yeah. I, I don't think that religion and spirituality have to be at odds. I think, you know, that they, they, can be hand in hand. I just want to first say that, but um, I, it, that's a complicated question. And, you know, I, I said at the beginning, I really don't ever want to be pushing spirituality on everybody, anybody, because I think it's, it's a, it's your own personal journey. And I think it comes in the time that it's supposed to come in, you know, like I am, you know, I, I've been hearing whispers from the universe my whole life uh, to step into spirituality. I have, um, you know, struggled with depression, uh, throughout my life. I have struggled with low self-esteem. There was tons of opportunity for me to become spiritual early on and to look for something higher, but I wasn't ready. Um, and I didn't turn there as soon as I felt that, that strong tug, (laughs) um, being, you know, pulling me. And then I, 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 I noticed it, it was my time. And once I realized that I became aware that I've always had an inner knowing and a guiding voice that I wish I had been paying attention to, uh, because that's where it is. It's, you know, in, in religion, people go to prayer. Uh, and they go to prayer, I believe, in hopes of hearing a, a voice from God, from Jesus, or whatever the religion might be. Um, you know, in my opinion, that voice is actually our higher selves. And and I can find that in meditation. I can find that in quiet times in nature. I can find that when I'm out for a run. That voice that's guiding me and saying, yes, do this. <laughs> or or try this and i've learned in you know recent months only to trust that voice and now that i'm trusting it there's there's that that energy in my life um that's that's pulling me to become a better person um to be successful professionally my relationships are better um everything's better uh, because I'm trusting that voice that I'm tapping into. So I guess if I were to, to sum that up in a nutshell is um, trust, trust that intuition, trust that inner voice. There's a wisdom that is guiding you. And um, when you're ready to listen to that, 
watch your life unfold in the most beautiful and abundant ways. It's, it's truly incredible. Well, that was a, that was a perfect answer. I couldn't have asked for a, a better answer from you. So with that being said, how can people get in touch with you? What's your social media presence? Like mm-hmm. you got a website, what do you got going on? Yay. Thanks for asking. Um, I'm so excited to work with people. So I'm calling my business journeys, hypnosis, and you can find it journeyshypnosis.com. I also have a Facebook page and you can find that journeys hypnosis. Um, and I have an Instagram and it's journeys hypnosis. I have an email journeys hypnosis at gmail.com. So I've made it really easy, uh, to get, get in touch with me. Beautiful. Links to those are going to be found in the description. So if anybody feels called to work with Suzanne, I'm sure she would love to work with you. And Suzanne, I'm going to put you on the spot one last time and say, do you have a message that you would like to leave for my audience as one final word? Explore hypnosis and um, explore um, journeying into yourself for those answers. and. With a talented and competent hypnotist, hypnotherapist, uh, they can lead you into inner knowing, into healing, into wisdom that will profoundly change your life. That was a perfect last word. Thank you, Suzanne, so much for coming on to my show. I'm really grateful that you decided to come on and and talk with me about this stuff, even though it may have been, to me, it seemed like I was a little scatterbrained in asking the questions, but, but thanks so much for dealing with that and, and coming on my show. I loved being here, Ian, and I really appreciate the opportunity. And, um, I wish for you a very good day. That's it for today's episode. I would like to once again thank Suzanne for coming on to my show. I super enjoyed our conversation. And I would like to thank you for tuning in. Like I said in the intro, don't forget to subscribe in your podcast player so you don't miss any of my weekly weekly <laughs> my weekly uploads. Don't forget to share the podcast with everybody in the entire world so that we can help grow the show. And You know, if you want to come on my show to talk to me about your past life experiences or your knowledge on any metaphysical topic, I would absolutely love to hear from you. And I'm absolutely sure that your story would help someone out there. So if you want to come on to my podcast, shoot me an email. My email is theregressionsession at gmail.com. And I would love to have you on the show. 